the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. To my knees can't bend And my arms can't hold To the loser wins I'm on my own Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 126, and our guest is Justin Wells. Justin is a singer and songwriter from my birth state of Kentucky. He released several albums with his band Fifth on the Floor, including the critically acclaimed Shooter Jennings produced record Ashes and Angels. And then after Fifth on the Floor broke up, Wells found himself at a creative crossroads at which he decided to launch a solo career. His most recent record is a triumph called The United State. We caught up with Justin here at Marinade Studios the day after he opened for the Almighty Lucero at The Social in Orlando. Y'all, that was my second time seeing Justin. Probably my 20th or more Lucero show. They are two of the best live acts anywhere. Go see Justin or Lucero if they get near your town. Everyone, it is my great honor to present my conversation with Justin Wells. I'm on my on my own, on my own, I'll see you again. I'm on my own. All right. So yeah, this is a, this will be episode one twenty six. That sounds like some sort of lucky number. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's got to be... There's got to be some numerology. Yeah. <laughs> well, buddy, thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming over. Of course, um, man. The, uh, for, I think for folks listening, some context would be helpful just as how we got here, which is that I got to see you. When your record, The United State, came out is kind of when I became hip to your music, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd known uh, the name and I'd heard a few songs, but I wasn't like, you know, I hadn't listened and wasn't a fan yet. And when that record came out, all my favorite songwriters were raving about it, and I went, okay. I think Matt Woods might have been the first person to post about it, if I remember correctly, and I was like, all right, I got I to gotta get into this record. And then I got to see you at Americana Fest at the Commonwealth of Kentucky Showcase. And there was some firepower on that lineup that day. Uh, S.G. Goodman played and Kelsey Walden and and uh, Bendigo Fletcher. And still, you really stood out. It was just, an inc- it was one of the, I go to lots of shows, man. And, you know, it was just mind-blowing to me, your presence on stage, your ability to bring people into the experience. Yeah. And on top of that, your incredible voice just your presence in general so i just like immediately was like this guy's this guy's special i'm so glad that that you know you and i connected in this way and that we're going to have a chance to talk about this because i'm curious like if you've always had like as a kid were you like lining up your beanie babies and practicing like how how do you have how do you have that presence it would have been the (laughs) he-man or the teenage mutant ninja turtles i was definitely like i mean to no surprise anybody that knows me, but I was definitely like the clown kid. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It, there was definitely, you know, my sister likes to clown me now if we watch some family videos and it's like, here's Justin just standing in front of the, anytime the camera's on somebody else. Nope. Here comes Justin. <laughs> um, I don't know, man, anybody, whether they like attention or not, like, you know, that good feeling of like making somebody laugh, like getting a good mm-hmm. laugh or, you know, more in our world, uh, making somebody cry for the right reasons. Like, um, that's a really good feeling. And it's a, it's a power that I think, uh, 
we can uh, take for granted, mm. especially if we if you perform a lot, you can start taking that for granted. But uh, and especially if you you know we're on a tour right now and and you get a couple hundred people every night and maybe getting a response like that, it's easy to kind of not realize that that for that individual, you know, that might be the time that month that they felt like that. Yeah. And so having been on the other side of that often and, and, uh, loving music and getting touched in that way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I try to come out of a show, get to the hotel, get cleaned up. And I do try to like think about that for a second, or there'll be like one or two standouts, especially on this Lucero tour, man. There's some real honest, heartfelt people yeah. coming and talking to you. Uh, that's meaningful, man. Like what is more meaningful in what we do than that? Right. That connection, you know, uh, all the fanciful play and dress up is kind of not interesting to me. Yeah. You know, well, was there a moment where you kind of like in your life, you know, where you kind of went, yeah, I've got this, per- the, f- the performance part specifically, because I want to talk about the writing part and, and the playing part too. But like, was there a moment where you kind of went like, I got a little, I got a little something extra here. I got a little something special. Mm, I like to tell people I was just hugged too much. Like, <laughs> my, my <laughs> you know, <laughs> you meet these artists who are like, have no self-esteem. I have like way too much. Like, <laughs> my parents were just... I, and I'm such a sensitive dude. I don't think I could have done it if they weren't supportive like that. Like they, I think they truly believed I was great from mm-hmm. the jump. And dude, I promise you that is incorrect. You know. Yeah, right, uh, right. So I think I, I think that any ability I may have today, caught up with how I was. You know, I wasn't. I don't know. When you're young, you you, you either need to like get drunk and do the thing. Or have a real overestimation of your abilities, uh-huh. you know, because otherwise it's terrifying, man. Yeah, yeah. It's terrifying, and, like, at, at its core, we can all kind of pretend, but it is, there is this facet of, like, hey, I made this thing. Do you like this thing? Yeah. Hey, everyone in this audience, do you like this thing I made? And that's, uh, that's fragile, man. That, you know, yeah. That's, you don't want to be like that as a teenager. That's terrifying. Right. <laughs> you know? Especially writing the kind of songs that you write, doing that mm-hmm. kind of music. I mean, that you're burying yourself so so deeply every single night, and so you have to come to a place of like understanding, understanding like, hey, both I'm I'm here, I am pouring all of this out, but also these people are here to see me pour it all out. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that about performance that I hope people learn. You know, the aspiring performers is like. People sh- people paid paid a ticket to see come yeah. see you you know like they yeah. they came they showed up to see you and to hear the things that you have to say in the mm-hmm. way that you have to say it and I I feel like a lot of times when anytime that sort of uh, any sort of self doubt creeps in for me when it comes to performance of any kind I always think like they're here they they, they dialed up this show to listen to me and whoever I'm talking yeah. to you know um, and so there's a reason right there's yeah. a reason people keep coming back and keep buying your records. And yeah. from from my perspective, that reason is because, God damn it, you can write, man. You, oh, man. <laughs> you, Thank you. You, I mean, I'm just like, it, it's been so fun to do the deep dive on your music preparing for this conversation. Um, I'm really fortunate to talk to some really talented people, and you, you're up there. You know, your name belongs with all of them. And, oh, man. And, you know, you've seen the list of people I've talked to, yeah. but, like, the, the yeah. way that your songs belong in that, those categories. I, I, I hope so. I, I don't I don't know that I agree with you, but I hope so. And, uh, you know, at, at, at age 40, what I am confident in at this point is I am I'm the best Justin Wells there is. Mm. And past that, I, you know, I I, I uh, you catch me on certain days. I, I'm well aware of my uh, my insecurities and, and my my flaws as a writer and topics that I seem to return to far too often in my songs. But like, I don't know, be it laziness or or just be it what i'm what's going to come out of me um that that is what it is you know yeah um i don't know i don't know did you thinking about your way with words both in both in your your comments nonsense nonsense hey baby girl leave it leave it this one puppy's name is nonsense and this other puppy's name is conundrum 
And to your listeners, uh, instantly I knew this man was an English major <laughs> and was correct. Well, speaking of which, you have such a great command of the English language. And I, am, <laughs> I don't know. I am wondering. You saw the flaws. <laughs> now I'm like terrified. <laughs> I am wondering if you, um, it, you know, were, were books around growing up? Were you a reader? Big reader. Big nerd. Okay. Uh, whatever awards were to be won, I would win them and, and not even caring. Like, big reader. You know, you you find this out when you look back. But I was a weird kid, grew up in a small town, was always in a small town, um, sucked at sports. Mm. And I realized that all the things I love, be it books, comic books, you know, playing with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, whatever, is all like fantasy. There's mm. a lot of escapism. And um, when I started to latch on to uh, even rock and roll bands, which is where I started, prior to, you know, really paying attention to songwriting. Um, that's also fantasy. You mm-hmm. know, like, I remember watching that Metallica documentary and them playing in front of a million people in Moscow or wherever it was, and I'm like, this should tell you everything about my personality, but I was like, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, my homies that I run with are like, that sounds not fun at all and terrifying. And I'm like, no, I, I want to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Dude, I can uh, but it's all escapism. Yeah. You know, even even for those artists that do those things, uh, it's still, you know, right? Like, it's it's a fair amount of fantasy sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can be honest in your lyrics, but uh, we don't always feel good every day. Right. We're not always in the mood every day. And so we can either, like, be professionals or, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Be, be professionals and in, in somewhat, uh, I don't want to say fake it, but you know what I mean? Like, put on the best version of whatever you're able to do that day. Yeah. You know? Man, yeah, and I can I can totally relate to that. You know, my my folks were also very loving, and I definitely had a very for a long time. I've had to work through my inflated sense of myself. Yeah. You know, I've had to get to I had to get knocked down a few times. Yeah, you know, and understand yeah. that like the world didn't start and stop at my convenience. Yes, and it's I'm not complaining that my parents love me. Please right. m- don't misunderstand. But it does create this. <clears throat> um, you know, we, we mentioned Hayes off mic, Hayes Carl off mic, and one of the things that he said that really stood out to me was that as a songwriter, and, a, and I think this is true of creatives in general, you have to have that combination of crippling self-doubt with an oversized ego Yeah. that I think does come to some extent from that environment. If you're told how great you are all the time yeah. growing up, and then once you get out in the world and you realize like, okay, I am pretty great, but then also not that, not that great. <laughs> it was almost immediately when I got into the world, I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> what? Wait, am I great, but everybody's just greater? Is that what this is? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely the self, the crippling self-doubt came much later for sure. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't start there. Uh, but like I said, man, I think there's just so many different personality types that do this, but uh, if I had that, man, if I didn't have that kind of like childish ego when I was young, when I was young and first started performing, I wouldn't do it. Mm. If I, re- it, and especially if I had to do it without drinking X number of shots beforehand, I wouldn't have, I don't see how I could have done it, man. I'm, um, I, I found confidence as a 40 year old man mm. that, that is rooted in, you know, just knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, what I was at the time, if I was being honest with myself, I would have just never done it. I would have been terrified. You know, I had to kind of almost lie to myself. So know? was was alcohol the kind of the lubricant there for you? For was that, sure. It was, yeah. I'm, I'm a guy, man, that like, dude, you play a sad song right now and I could get real close to tears. I mean, everything yeah. is just right on the surface. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not ashamed of that, mm-hmm. but uh, as a performer that can – be a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. even in your own sad songs. And so, yeah, man, that kind of dulls it. Or if you, heaven forbid, you see a couple start dancing to a lo- whatever it may be, I mean, that stuff in the moment, it can get you. Mm-hmm. But you need to play the song. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, dude, uh, booze helped, and booze helped me uh, put up with drunks because, uh, you know, there, was, there wasn't a scene, really, mm-hmm. You know, Kentucky's changed a lot in the last 15 years, but um, if you wanted to play anything close to roots, you're playing in 
damn honky tonk bars for people who just want to boot scoot and all that bullshit. And <laughs> you play a sad song, and you're kind of daring, <laughs> you're daring them to yank the chords, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, okay. So this is this is interesting. I didn't expect we were going to talk about alcohol, but you got me, you got me thinking. Oh yeah, we I, should. Yeah, because I, um, you know, I do drink, but I am. Um, the son of an alcoholic mm-hmm. and um it's throughout my family mm-hmm. and uh i check myself as often as i can and take take breaks as often as i can to make sure i'm all right and i just recently took a break and yeah. uh what was interesting to me was just how much because i'm the same like i i watch i fucking watch the last of us and uh you've been watching the last no of spoilers, us? Uh, okay but i played the video game so i okay I, man I, yeah, yeah get the get your tissue box I, I'm ready. <laughs> ready. good man because <laughs> uh that kind of i'm the same like song i mean there are certain songs that every time i hear them even though i've heard them heard them a thousand times I, yeah. I will i will start crying but i noticed in my most recent break from alcohol just how much more present those feelings are, mm-hmm. those emotions are. And it made me check myself about how often I use alcohol to cope from having, from feeling everything so intensely yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so I'm interested in that and your relationship with alcohol over the years. And like, sounds like you had a similar experience that alcohol was a, was a way to sort of like dull those senses, as you put it. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, to be fair, I wasn't conscious of that, you know, like like we kind of talked about, I, I like goof around, like having a good time. Alcohol facilitates that for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't aware of, you know, outside of any sort of trying to start a career in music or whatever, um, I was also like had devastating heartbreak. I mean, mm-hmm. the worst mm-hmm. uh, around that time. And that's really what booze was helping didn't know I was doing it. It's not like I was like a grizzled, you know, uh, bad Blake type. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was just a young guy partying, and and uh, I could handle a lot of booze, and and just uh, started getting really good at drinking. Um, it wasn't. It really wasn't until kind of like reflecting on all that later as a man that I'm like, oh yeah, that's because of that um, that sensitivity. Mm-hmm. You know whether I knew it or not, that was to kind of protect me, you know, and I was the, mm. I was picked on a lot. I was a bullied kid. I mean, like mm. people laugh now cause I'm yeah. the size I am, but I was a yeah. very, very thin guy, very weird dude. And I don't know, man. Um, I just feel like I've kind of built up. I had built up a thing physically and in my personality. That's like, n- nobody's going to do that to me again. Kind of thing, yeah. you know, um, which is goofy. You know, it's silly. It, it's like it's like harming yourself to protect yourself. That's right. Pretty, pretty well, funny. that's the paradox of the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you know, you're when you're so so often when when people are down, and I've been guilty of this, then I put a depressant in my body. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, isn't that funny? Like I'm hurting, so I'm gonna put this depressant in my body now, and what? that's a, that's a really really fucked up logic. And and I think also I was thinking about it today. I, I was actually at Total Wine today. And I was walking, and it was, it was packed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was walking around, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, man, this place, and not I'm not just picking on Total Wine. This is true of our culture in general and how much it is like, uh, how much alcohol is encouraged mm-hmm. and, 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 and available. That op- Total Wine opens at 9 o'clock in the motherfucking morning. And alcohol specifically. Yeah. Not everything else. I yeah. mean, I think that marijuana is, is coming kind of somewhat into vogue, but like after 150 fucking years, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like, like alcohol is, is it, I, I, you know, I have a weird relationship with this not drinking thing because I don't really give a shit what anybody does. And I, I have zero mm-hmm. judgment at all. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I, I explored the, the depths of that drug. (laughs) I don't know that I left any stone unturned. Uh, (laughs) So I don't feel like I'm necessarily missing out, but like, you know, also packed a lot of drinking into a a short, relatively short time. Um, But I'm with you, man. Like in, in especially kind of in this uh, world, right? Like this kind of roots derived world Mm -hmm. booze is in so many songs. Yeah. It's it's there, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And almost romanticized in, in ways too, you know? And it can be romantic. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, For yeah. some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, agreed. Do you think you – have you noticed a difference in the way you write or, or the frequency of your writing um, or both since you stopped drinking? Mm, maybe. I don't know how much of that I can attribute to not drinking because I never wrote drinking or stoned or anything mm, um, mm-hmm. ever. Probably hung over, but uh, not even necessarily with intent. I just didn't. I just didn't. I, I wrote alone and sober. Um, okay. I think that uh, it, it'd be interesting to maybe talk to you or, or hear feedback from anybody like after this next album comes out. It's it's decidedly different. Yeah. And so maybe not drinking gets some of the credit for that. I don't know. Like I set out to do that. I'm not sure. I um, think I'm more honest with myself as a man. I don't know as an artist. Well, you, you, you mentioned last night on stage that just thematically it's going to be different. That, yeah. you know, you played... It, it was funny the way you you handled it. Like you 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 uh you know you kind of deflected a little bit. I thought, and you were you're talking about you got love songs now, yeah. and maybe some folks aren't gonna be uh, they're not used to that necessarily yeah. as much from you. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's interesting. If maybe that is part of it, maybe you're able to maybe as a writer you're able to see the beauty in things a little bit differently yeah. without the without the haze or the or the cloud of booze, you know. Maybe I think so. I I I think so, man. I, I just I'm not very lofty in my writing. I don't, um, you know, necessarily come back from some big head trip, and you know, it's all very to me very human. And uh, I don't know. I just think I like to think it's it's the people's language. I I think about Hank Williams a lot mm-hmm. as a writer and what. I mean, that guy, you know, they call him a hillbilly Shakespeare, and the dude was, like, illiterate, like, functionally illiterate and, and could write such prose with, there ain't no $50 words, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's what really, like, drew me to that. So I try to let that be at the center of it. Um, but just back to your point about, like, specifically what's what's happening now, it may be not drinking. It may also be my age. Mm. You know, it may also be that my kids are getting older, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm full of a different kind of piss and vinegar, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I don't have to, I don't know, I don't have to, like, necessarily mask it with some boisterous bullshit. Yeah. Okay, that's beautiful, man. The songs that you did play last night, there was one, uh, I don't have the proper notebook on me right now, but there was one that you told us was going to be real long. And and, uh, and, and, and you... Uh, <laughs> And you, I don't think you even had a title for it necessarily, but it was great and it slayed. Oh, thank you, man. Absolutely slayed the room too, man. I was out in there, I was feeling it, you know. Well, me and me and Adam, you know, Adam Lee, my tour manager. Uh, I shouldn't refer to him as such. Adam Lee is an artist and like one of the finest, and like uh, I am privileged to travel with him. Um, he's he's my best friend and 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 a great dude. But like, as a best friend, uh, he'll tell it like it is, and he'd be like, "Hey, man." Open on this forty-five minute Lucero. We don't need to play that seven-minute <laughs> seven-minute opus that you're so stoked about. <laughs> you could maybe just save that for another time. And uh, and you were like, "Fuck you, Adam. Here it comes." <laughs> part that and part Ben really likes this song of mine and, and oh, these, cool. these series of it, not that song specifically, this different song, but these songs are a series of songs that like kind of tell the story, like one on each album I've put out. Mm. And so I've kind of like peppered different nights with the other ones too. Okay. You know? Um, just, just cause I want to. <laughs> did you get him? Did you scare him off? You did a good job. I thought you did a great job. Yeah. If I was that dog, I wouldn't have him come on your street no more. I wouldn't have. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you rascal. Okay. So what, that, what is that story that runs through your records? Um, uh, it's single as you know as much as I can figure because I didn't set out to do it. But mm. what I realized on the second the second one, and so this one would be uh, the sixth one. Um, okay. That I I started writing the song the story song which I don't write a lot of it's uh-huh. usually it's usually first person, uh-huh. and I started writing the story song and I realized at a certain point in writing it that I was writing the same character from a song on the previous record. And uh, a couple times since then, I sat out, okay, I'm going to do the third one. I'm going to do the fourth one. Uh-huh. 
And then I was like, this is this is very self-serving. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. But then I'd start writing a song, and I'm like, man, this is the same guy. This is that guy again. And then on the last record on the United States, like, this is that guy's son. This is that guy's son. Anyway, so to answer your question, uh, it's just kind of a tale of a dude on the run. You know, that's, that's a, a bit of a trope. But uh, on the run from what, we don't necessarily know. Um, and then it turns out that he that he took someone's life, which on its surf, surface can be judged a certain way. And then it turns out that that person uh, was with his wife. But then it turns out he and his wife weren't together anymore kind of okay. thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but the town that he ends up in finds out about this and takes justice in their, own, in their hands and they, they kill him. And then the town is cursed. That's still no rain, you know. the The town can't get rain, and mm-hmm. on the last record, I I wrote one about his son, kind of growing up in the shadow of a man that he just knows stories about, but doesn't know personally and never really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to, you know, reckon with that, like any of us do. Like, am I? I don't want to be my dad. You know, my dad's cool, but I want to be me. That kind of thing. And, sure. and then on this newest record, I realize in in perfect um, kind of you know, maleness, patriarchy, if you want to say that, uh, like, sure enough, didn't tell her story. So <laughs> I've got this whole record of kind of love songs to and about my wife, and I'm like, well, this would be a good way to just be done with this, is like, we'll tell her story. Yeah. You know, like, she doesn't just need to be a foil. Right. You know? Um how comfortable do you feel writing from that perspective instead of from, I mean, from the male thing would come naturally. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and it's great. You recognize that. I think, you know, we're, I'm, I can be guilty of that too. I try to write female characters in my, um, in my short stories that I write as often as possible. But I, I also feel, you know, like an imposter half the time when I'm writing that. So how comfortable do you feel from writing, writing from that perspective? Not even comfortable or uncomfortable. I don't even feel bad to – I'm with you. I, I can be conscious of it, uh, but I don't feel bad. I am male. I identify as male, and uh, and that's what I know about. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you can you can get in tricky territory going either way. Like yeah. maybe not uh, – say in your example, not writing female characters, you can feel guilt about that, or you can feel guilt about writing female characters from like a – male perspective yeah. which is the lens they've almost exclusively been right. you know yeah. put through uh in pop culture so uh-huh. um i don't know for me it comes more from something i'm interested in uh as opposed to any sort of like feeling like i should mm. it's just like well what else needs to be maybe uncovered here i did the same thing on a on a fifth on the floor album my old band this was kind of like poking fun at country music a little bit in my eyes, but I wrote a song called Whiskey and a song called Wine. Mm-hmm. It was just the whiskey's all, she done me wrong, broke my heart and this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And then the wine is, he did me wrong. This is all, this mm-hmm. is cyclical. It's not, uh, she's not the bad guy. You know, the whole mess is the bad guy. And, yeah. You know, I don't know how good a job I ever do on any of that, but, you know, it's fun for me. Okay. You know. You, you, you've mentioned Fifth on the Floor. Let, if we could go back a little bit and sure. go to, you know, you had that wonderful Shooter Jennings produced record. Was that the last record that the band made? The last full length, yeah. Okay. We did an EP after that. But okay. Yeah. Can you take us back to that time and sort of the band ending and you kind of like being at a crossroads and the decisions that you were making and like how you, how you decided to move forward in, in mm-hmm. the way that you did? Um, well, it happened, it happened pretty suddenly for me, uh, which sounds silly. Also, just through the lens of so much booze. Good. It's all good. You can cut. We can cut, can't we? We'll get flow. They're like, uh, they're co-hosts anyway. That's awesome. A a rare episode that they don't make an appearance as long as it's at the house. What do you think about it? (laughs) All right, ask me that again. I'm okay, sorry. yeah, no sweat. Um, all right, so my question was, when you think about um, Fifth on the Floor and how, like, as it's 
you got this incredible record that that, that comes out and then as the band is breaking up and you're thinking about you know what your next step is going to be yeah. you know and sort of like what you were processing at that time and like what that decision making process looked like and then right before this guy here who's a, who's mauling you with love mauling uh, me started with love. i love that i use that <laughs> started uh barking um you were saying that it happened kind of kind of fast or suddenly and that you you should have seen it coming but you may maybe yeah kind of like every breakup ever in my life like <laughs> the signs were there i just wasn't seeing them uh you know man it was a band as a band of brothers uh it ended probably when it should have it i took it hard um i'm sure the homies took it hard but uh it was probably the right thing to do and uh, what was happening in my personal life at the time is, is I just become a father to mm. twin girls and, you know, certainly felt, felt the, my sense of duty to them, you know, uh, as we discuss, I've got a great father, like I don't have an excuse. Um, and so I wanted to provide and, you know, fifth on the floor, whatever we attained, we, we did not attain uh, much sustainable income. <laughs> as I said, like, Kentucky was different then. It was yeah. it wasn't a genre. Yeah. Um that's interesting. I, I that's something I hadn't really thought about. Like I there are so many Kentucky artists now that are are getting their just due. I mean, yeah. I was just talking to somebody the other day about it. And I started rattling off names yep. and was just like it's what a well of just incredible talent. I yep. mean, I got both those S.G. Goodman records over there and she's so good. She's so fucking good. She's man. so good. I met her and got hip to her at that Americana Fest thing. Mm -hmm. Uh this is a story I like telling, but 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 it makes me look like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, I knew Kelsey Walden was on. SG had gotten added to that. She wasn't on the original bill, uh -huh. and I've known Kelsey for a long time. But I was packing up my guitar, you know, quite a bit away from the basement, but within eyesight. Uh -huh. And uh, SG gets up there. Didn't know SG was on the bill. Didn't know who SG was. Uh -huh. And uh, I was like, man. Kelsey's doing like some rad shit with her hair. <laughs> and then I see SG with that hollow body, and I'm like, oh shit. Kelsey's gonna play some electric, and then it's like <laughs> this like noise rock, yeah. and I'm like, I mean, I love Kelsey's work for yeah, sure, absolutely. but I'm like, dude, this is this is a choice. This is badass, man. This is this is my shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's when I got hip to SG Goodman and and a huge fan, huge fan, clearly of both artists. But um, you know, uh, what SG is doing is this like perfect marriage of to my reckoning, like absolute honest Kentuckian, mm, you mm -hmm. can hear it in her voice, mm -hmm. with this spaced out, I don't know, man, this kind of esoteric sound that lets her voice be all uh, somehow holler and ghastly at the same time. I don't know, man. It, it, it's She's unique. Yeah. She's unique. And... Uh, that that holds so much more water to me as a listener than perfecting a thing that's already been done. Mm. I don't really care about perfecting a sound. I care about um, you sounding like yourself and what what do you have to kind of add to the patchwork, you know? Well, let me throw a compliment to you then on that, and that is that you know when I listen to your discography every single record seems like you're you're reinventing yourself it's still the, the essence is still there but it's it's not like i'm just getting a repackage i don't want to do that yeah yeah well this is a discussion we have my producer and i and, uh, and other interested parties anytime i'm not going to just do a volume two of a thing I, I don't have any interest in doing that uh that's not i don't think that's what people that listen to me want to hear from me right and it wouldn't matter if they did the, you know, if I, I I'm I, I if I'm not interested in it, I'm really bad at faking it. Yeah. You know, um, and I I definitely well worn paths that ain't me, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, to to my detriment. Well, to the benefit of your fans, that's for sure. <laughs> I hope so. To the benefit of your fans. So, hey, kind of circling back to that uh, to that thought of you know you, you become a father and that's a very weighty thing right and you are wanting to be the best father you can be and your band has broken up and there's a lot going on there um i definitely veered way off that topic i'm realizing <laughs> no it's all good I, I i went that direction because i asked you about kentucky artists or we started talking about it and any chance i get to shout out any of those folks kelsey's been on the show 
Um, she is the best. Yeah, she was fantastic. She, she's so good. And yep. um, that was that talk was special. It was on my birthday, and she was opening for John Prine here in town. Good Lord. Just a couple months before John passed. Good Lord. And so you can hear, if folks are just now listening and you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. We stopped <clears throat> because we were in a dressing room, and John was sound checking, and you could hear him sound checking. And so on the recording, you can hear one of his last sound checks ever you can hear like we stopped talking and just i put the microphone out oh my god it was chills thinking about it right yeah me too just you um, saying it just an unbelievable experience yeah yeah so i gotta follow that jesus yeah yeah no no pressure man no pressure um so the but when you're making that decision so as you're thinking about that was there a part of you that was kind of like was there ever a part of you that was like all right, maybe I'll just, this music thing, I'll still put out records, you know, I'll still do whatever, but maybe I just need to get, like, a desk job yes. or whatever. I mean, you're you're kind of, like, giving me more credit than, you know, you're describing more intent to, you know, to even say anything I was doing around that time was choices is, like, giving me a lot of credit because <laughs> um, what I definitely was, you know, uh, was, you know, I've got this psychology degree, this four-year psychology degree, and getting a job with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and this music thing that I felt like I'd built up to a thing, but broke for it, penniless for it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I was I was looking at the Toyota factory. You know, that's where Dad had retired from, and I'm sure he had an in. And if I just cut my hair, I'd probably be, you know, yeah. all right. And, and like, this is it, – it, it, people are probably tired of hearing – about it but it always comes back to my wife she's always mm. the rock mm. and and she said the words to me uh if you quit you're teaching our daughters how to quit their dreams oh my god and i'm like well that gauntlet is thrown down ma'am <laughs> you know like how now i have no choice and also i better not screw this up like, yeah it, <laughs> that's just go ahead and throw that weight on me if you would um, but I'm glad she did. You yeah. Know, I'm not, I'm not you, good at anything else. Well, man, yeah, it's great that you have her on something. You, you, you mentioned, you mentioned her last night too. Um, and it's so great to have somebody that is, that is not only calling you on your shit to some extent, but like to every extent, <laughs> <laughs> but, but supporting, you know, to have somebody who's, we, we, when you first walked in, you noticed my partner's art for us to have each other is so important because, you need somebody when you're making stuff. You need somebody in your life who who believes in you in that way yep. and who is encouraging you to continue to make that stuff. And not everybody is willing to, especially when you got kids involved and you're you know you're think you're not exactly like like you said it wasn't like the the band was well respected. But if you're not making a lot of money at that time, it was a different time. You know, yeah. yeah. So. That's what a gift, you know, to have someone like that in your life that you have in your wife. Yeah. What a, yeah. Uh, that thinking led to this record that I'm about to put out. And, you know, I'm sure I'll be talking about it ad nauseum, but it, it was thinking on as I was forced during the pandemic to be home um, and, 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 you know, seeing maybe midlife creeping up and mm-hmm. having a lot of questions about what the future is going to look like. Uh, Lot, and and stopping drinking and and dealing with some fears etc uh realizing that all this like credit that we uh a lot of us performing artists i think crave like a drug this like affirmation of like people hollering at a show or whatever mm-hmm. uh and meanwhile as you said my partner my wife uh really deserves the lion's share of the credit for the behind the scenes and she's not even involved in the business and she doesn't handle my business. Uh, that'd be the worst thing that ever happened to me or her, mm. you know, we, we, don't, mm. we do good, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the, mm. the, 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 behind the scenes people, I mean, like when I, when I went from the band to, to this kind of solo thing, it still rang hollow to me that here are about 15 to 20 artists involved in, my first record which was fairly bare bones and there's 20 people involved and that's supposed to be my solo debut with just my name on it <laughs> yeah and yeah. then similarly like to this day you know uh my wife was my therapist man mm. you know my wife was uh 
listening and listening when I needed her to and not listening when, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. giving me what I needed, whether I needed or not. And her name ain't ever on the marquee, man. Right, right. And that's bullshit. Right. And right. every artist knows that's bullshit. It be it their mother, their father, their, their children, their, their dog. Yeah. We're, we're like snatching up all the credit and it's goofy, man. It's yeah. kind of goofy. Like we're just the one jumping in front of the home video saying, look at me. And there's yeah. 20 other people in the picture, man. Yeah. You know? Uh, that it just seems unfair, doesn't it? It does seem unfair. I think you do a good job, from what I've experienced, though, of making sure people hear that. You talked uh, at a couple of times last night about your yeah. wife and your kids. Yeah. You uh, you shouted out Adam uh, last <laughs> night as well, even if it was uh, it's my dude, man, just a bit. But you were, you know, you yeah. were. Well, he deserves to get busted up. He busts me up plenty. <laughs> man, for folks listening, by the time this comes out, it hopefully won't be, won't be too buried on your Instagram, but that. <laughs> Uh, over breakfast or lunch or whatever. Where he, <laughs> he was like, I don't know. I don't know what town we're going to. I don't know. If that anger seemed like an act, it was. And I was, <laughs> I was getting on his nerves, man. But that's why we get along. <laughs> All right. Well, I do want to switch gears a little bit because, dude, last night I had so much damn fun. Oh, man. Good. Those so guys, dude. Like <sighs> th this culture that they have fostered, yeah. uh, it is a goodwill. I mean, besides that dude that rushed the stage, whatever the hell that was about. But, I don't know uh, what that was about, but it was. But cocaine's it was, a hell of a drug, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for folks listening, Justin opened for Lucero last night at the social here in Orlando, and it just like the whole night was perfect. I mean, just like absolutely, your set was was killer, and the Lucero boys. That's probably my thirtieth Lucero show at this yeah. point. I don't know. Oh, I've, right. seen, I've seen them a lot since two thousand. Two thousand six was my first. Mm -hmm. it, again, on my birthday, I yeah. saw them uh, at a, a little club in Tallahassee, and um, that was the first time I saw them. First time I got to meet Ben, and just every single time they bring it. Yep. Every single time they bring it, and over the years they've also gotten like back then they were a little sloppier, which yep. I don't mean as a as an insult. I just mean like I mean I think they say that every night. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll talk just, about it. Ben will just, talk about it for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're just a lot tighter now. Yeah, you know than they were back then. And uh, and last night was just this killer night. What has this tour been like, and what has it meant to you? Uh, that's a that's a lot of question, man. Um, <laughs> you know, first of all, let's see a couple things to to unpack. Uh, and, and I'm in the middle of the tour. I kind of wish I could answer this question in a, in mm. a couple of weeks, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not saying this to blow any smoke. Lucero fans are uh, some of the most, like, immediately honest people that I've played in front of. Hmm. You know, and I, I have a, a fair amount of a toe in the country world, which which is people still call me country, and I'll take it. Right, but right. I think it's just my accent. I'm yeah, not, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't always know. I don't hear a lot of country songs myself as a writer, but, but I'll take it. I love it. I love country music and I love playing for country music fans. Um, but you know, in that world, there's a little bit of, it is a little bit of, I'm tough and I ain't going to talk about my emotions. Uh -huh. And, uh, um, boy, Lucero fans will tell you some heavy shit at the merch table that'll like, make your eyes water it, it, it's sweet wow uh it's meaningful to me it's not something i'll soon forget wow it's rad um specific to those guys what's inspiring i i just watched uh a good bit of their second documentary mm -hmm. i'm sure you've probably seen that or I, you're seen, aware of it i saw the first one i don't think i've seen the second one this one i think was uh i told them they were embarrassed to be talking about it i think i thought it was rad uh, but what I saw was me being a young kid and, like, we're hopping in the van, me and the homies, our yeah. band that we put together. We made this CD yeah. that cost all of the money we made for six months and hope ten people like it. Like, you see that in them, man. You see that, like, that and, and, and that belief that, like, we're, we're doing what we love and we think it's going to be successful, whatever the fuck successful means yeah. or whatever it should mean. That's like, it's like being inspired again to be 20 at age 40, you know, and to see them still doing it in a way that, that is, the honesty is palpable, man. Yeah. I feel like yeah. maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm missing something, but 
being being so close to like a certain types of music and, and, and things that, that come out of certain areas of the country that are really, really great and well-constructed and great players and great singers and, you know, lyrics that rhyme, et cetera. But, like, you know what I'm talking about when I say, like, you hear a thing and it's like on – it checks all the boxes, mm-hmm. but I don't feel that, man. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel honest. It feels like someone play acting, and I don't get that out of Lucero, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get th- – even as, as, like you said, as tight as they've gotten, it does feel like it could come off the rails. It any does. Minute. And I love yeah, that, yeah, man. Yeah. And I think Lucero fans love that. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. what live music is. You don't go to you don't go to see them play into a click track yeah. and playing exactly what they played on the album. That would be boring. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah, I mean, at the end there last night... Um, Ben, ben got caught his buzz right there at the end. It seemed like, yeah. and like, and that's that's part of the the show with them, you know, and it's part of the experience. Um, but they were running up against time, and it was just like it just became fun. It almost felt like a, it almost felt like there's an urgency. Yeah, you know, there was like this kind of very authentic urgency to what was happening, and we're yes. like, what are we getting next? Yeah, because that's the other thing about them is that. You never know what the set list is going to look like. Uh, I don't think anybody but Ben does. Yeah, because uh, there's yeah. a set list. I'm, I may be telling stories that I shouldn't, but also I think everybody knows. Uh, it seems like the band is not entirely sure what's about to happen. <laughs> oftentimes, yeah. and uh, I love that. That's Again, awesome. that's that's what I had in my band—a version of that. Everything, yeah. the, the the nuts were loose, things were falling out of place, and and. Uh, to even now, even even playing solo, right? Where like nobody on stage is gonna throw me a curveball, but still, I like to do things like playing that song you were talking about last night that I hadn't played before, um, and barely knew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like getting up to the edge of my comfort. I d- for the same reasons we we're talking about the albums, I, I don't I don't want to just be repeating myself. Yeah. Even when I feel like people have heard a certain story a number of times, I'm like, well. I really like telling that story, but I'm gonna stop telling that story because mm. I don't want to be predictable. Right? You know? yeah. That's not interesting to me. Why are you paying thirty dollars to see somebody tell you the same story? You know? Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. That's not fun. And and when you have the kind of fans that you have and the kind of fans that Lucero has, you know, these are people who really invested in what you do, and they're gonna they're gonna see you multiple times. They're gonna mm-hmm. go places to see you. You know? I mean, I mentioned I've seen Lucero however many times. I, I mean, I can't count how many venues I've seen them at, you know, mm-hmm. and, and cities I've seen them in, especially in Florida. They're real generous to Florida, which I really appreciate as a huge fan of theirs. I mean, y'all are doing like five, what, Yeah, five like half this tour for like Florida. <laughs> yeah. I know, and it's been a long time since I've been to Florida, so I'm That's great, stoked man. to be back. Well, hopefully you know? it's not too long the next time. I want to hear this new record whenever, whenever that's coming out. Me too, um, man. So earlier, off, off mic before we got started – we were talking about Hayes Carl. You said you had like a chance to hang out with him. You might have a story. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah, I said I was going to tell an embarrassing story, and you said, wait till we're recording. <laughs> uh, I used to run around with a guy named Blake Judd uh, in Kentucky, and he made videos for my – he made music videos for my band. In fact, I got an email. I, I got to email him back. Um, but he did all the old Fifth on the Floor music videos, and he's done mm-hmm. – he's gone on to do like – I mean, everybody, man. He did, like, a Marilyn Manson thing. He's done a lot of Shooter Jennings. Oh, wow. Um, and he did the music video, uh, Corblund's song. pretty sure it's called Bible on the Dash. And Hayes Carl is a feature on it. Probably co-wrote it, I think, because uh-huh. they're, they're boys. Um, and anyway, in fact, we'd just done our album release in Lexington with Shooter and all them, big party, blah, blah. And the next day... Blake's like, hey, dude, I'm going down to Nashville to shoot this video for Bible. Dash, you want to come hang? Uh, Hayes Carl's on it. He knew I was a big Hayes Carl fan. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, fuck yeah, bud. Definitely going to do that. We went down there that night, you know, partied way too hard. Uh, and then, like, call was like, whatever time it was. If it was 8 a.m., I must have been up to 6 a.m. I was I was a wreck in the way that only a young man can be. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, yeah. it, it'd kill me now. Um, but we spent a couple days around Hayes and, and when I first met him I had this t-shirt on I'll be damned if I can think of the band name but it's a band out of Texas and anyway they had covered one of his songs mm-hmm. and uh, somebody had given me that shirt I'd never seen that band never heard of them. Some like uh, like somebody who knew that I was stoked on Hayes or whatever give me the shirt whatever um, anyway so I knew they'd cover that song whatever I'm wearing that shirt 
when I meet Hayes, right? And I'm trying to not like be a fanboy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, whatever their name was, call them the Hammonds or whatever. I don't, I don't know what the band's name was, uh, but I'm wearing this the Hammonds shirt or whatever. And Hayes like, oh, those guys, yeah, they covered one of my songs. And right there in the moment, I was like, oh, he, sure, oh shit, does he think I wore this shirt to like show him I'm cool? <laughs> and then I'm like, and I had not. I just put on a damn shirt. And, but then I made it so much less cool by saying. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. No, somebody gave me this. You know, like trying yeah, to be yeah, in, yeah. trying to be cool. I was just an absolute asshole, <laughs> and we barely spoke after that. <laughs> like, so, so Hayes, if you ever hear this, uh, I suck. I'm sorry, but well, Hayes listens to the show sometimes. He told me so. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So if uh, Hayes, if you're and also that band, I forget your name, but uh, I'm sorry I threw you under the bus too. You were innocent. <laughs> you're innocent in my insecurity. Oh, that's great, man. Um, <laughs> If you look back on your career to date, right, you got a lot left in you, but if you look at where you are now and, and looking back, if somebody was making a documentary about your musical career, what are like two or three scenes that would have to be, obviously you making an ass of yourself in front of Hayes Carl would That's, be one, right? Yeah, opening, opening. Cold open. Yep, cold just open. Just me doing it, yeah. Yeah. Good actors. You uh -huh. know, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but who, like what, what are some two or three kind of scenes that would have to be included in the documentary of your career? Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a really hard question, man. Um, I don't know. Like you gravitate in your mind towards the accomplishments that you're supposed to like put in your bio. Like I played with this guy or that guy or the mm -hmm. other thing. I just don't really, I don't know how much that really matters in, in the, grand scheme of things i don't know man it would be it would be maybe that first solo record and when it was done and putting it on and you know like i didn't know i was looking for maybe self-worth but i you know mm. knowing that i could do it and i could do it um not depending on any one or two or other people depending on a lot of people actually but right not the same people. but it's still your thing i didn't need that band yeah you know that i that i was able to create things that maybe had worth at least in my mind uh, without that band, you yeah. know what I mean? Which is not a slag to them. Love those dudes, but you know, you want to, uh, I don't know, man. I really, I don't know that I can answer that. I think I'd like to answer that when I'm on death's door and, and can look back. Cause I really feel like I'm in the midst of doing the best I've ever done Yeah. right now. Man, know? that's great. You talking about death's door. We always get heavy on existence at some point. So I was, as I was listening to the United States, and this is just, I, I don't know sometimes whether I project onto records co big questions of existence a little too much just because of the way I'm wired, you know? Yeah. But that record had me in my, in my feels about existence a lot, yeah. you know, life yeah, yeah. and death. And um, what's your relationship like with sort of existence and death and that whole kind of cosmic thing? I, 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 I think I think that I think about it a, a healthy amount. Uh, okay. I think some people would say an unhealthy amount. With that record, I was thinking, you know, you made a post. I think it was your post, but you included in the Instagram thing my song "The Bridge," which is the mm -hmm. last, yeah. the last full song on that yeah. album. That's the one that I'm specifically thinking. Well, about. I got, I got some joy from that because, uh, you know, I'd love to blame this on Spotify or just you know the singles nature of where music is going making an album that is intended to be pressed play at the first and yeah. played all the way through. Yeah. But the bridge is often overlooked. Um, and it's not one that I really feel like can be performed well, just me by myself. So if I don't have mm -hmm. a band and like four singers, I'm not really interested in doing it. It's kind mm -hmm. of a gospel song. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that song is literally about dying. Yeah. I and mean, that was the intent behind it. And uh, I was trying to, make that a, a twin to the first uh -huh. song, which is the screaming song. Right. And what I was thinking about with both of those, I wrote those songs at the same time. You know, I was thinking about no matter what, no matter what, there's people around you, obviously, when you're born, and hopefully there's people around you when you die, but that experience is singular mm -hmm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's that adage, like, you know, you're born alone, die alone, whatever. Um, 
it just was about journey. It was about going through some sort of door and, and uh, trying to face that with um, grace, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, I wrote that record before the pandemic, but, uh, you know, I released it during the pandemic, and, and that's when all those thoughts were in my head. That's when it was like, surely in all of our heads, like, oh, man, we are, we are hella mortal. <laughs> like, we are so mortal. Yeah. Um, and this could end at any time. And, and, uh, I, I kind of want that to be uh very surface. I don't want to take this shit for granted because I spent mm. all of my twenties and a good part of my thirties taking this for granted. I want to, I want to be in that moment. I, I'd like to walk to the edge of the stage every night and just take like a mental snapshot. I don't always do it, but I try to like take them cause it's like, this goes so fast, man. Yeah. Especially on this like opening round, this goes so fast and it's gone. And I've been stoked about this tour for a couple months leading up to it. And when it's gone, man, I don't want to just be like, shit, dude, I don't remember anybody's faces in Orlando. I don't remember uh, what anybody said to me in Orlando. I don't want that. Because yeah. I know these songs. Fuck the songs. Like, I, I want that connection, man. Yeah. You know? Well, you probably need to go easier on the espresso, though. Oh, in or- no. In Orlando espresso. Then there won't be a show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. When you came out, he came out last night and was talking about how Orlando espresso hits different. Dude, look, listen, man. Uh, if you stay in this long enough and, and you start caring a little more about your health, you get the drugs where you can get them. All right? <laughs> and if that's espresso, that's espresso. <laughs> uh, uh, Adam had gone to get coffee. I was like, hey, man, I think like an Americano, four shots of espresso or like, you know, or just two dopios. Like, I, I want four shots of espresso. And he comes back with the two. And he's like, this was a calculated decision. I want you to understand that. <laughs> I don't want your 45-minute monologue opening for Lucero. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's great, man. Um, man, you've just been so – You've just been so generous with your time, and there's usually one thing that we end on is the art that has you inspired at the moment. Um, could be a, a painting you saw. could be a song you've been listening to or an album or, I don't know, TV show, book you're reading. Uh, shoot, a lot of things. Uh sonically uh daniel romano who is one of my favorites uh that that man is is alien he is not from here um, it's the second time he's come up garrett t caps mentioned him recently he's so damn good dude mm. i think that dude put out the best country record of the last 10 years mm. but um wow. he, he recently put out uh a record called la luna okay um with his band the outfit i encourage you and anyone who gives a shit about anything i said tonight to press play on that thing and he forced you to do uh, what I tried to get you to do with the United States. Uh, it's an it's a two track full length, so you have to press play on that thing <laughs> and listen the whole that. fucking thing. And I love it. And I should have done yeah. the same damn thing. So Daniel, damn you! Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's just Sonic, That's man. Great. It's it's Sonic, and it and it sounds so good. Um, and uh, reading, uh, <laughs> it's kind of self help, I think. But the War hmm. of Art. Uh, is what I've kind of got my nose in. Uh, that, that's an Adam Lee recommendation, and, and it's just getting out of our own way as creators. It's it's uh, okay. It's it's a very practical look at uh, you know we get lofty, man. Yeah. We we ascribe so much more meaning and and, and intent to what we do sometimes when I think really ultimately we are kind of just channeling something else. And yeah. I'm not saying that in any mystical way. You yeah. know, there's probably, I'm sure, a scientific DMT reason for it or something. But, uh, you know, we should just maybe just be glad to be here and kick out whatever we kick out. Well, dude, you were talking about Hank Williams Sr. earlier. Yeah. And the I, I had uh, the great honor of having Daryl Scott on Jesus. my show. I know, it was incredible. And, um, again, no pressure, buddy. You yeah, know, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, tell me this after. <laughs> Um, yeah, we haven't gotten into Todd Snyder, but the, uh, his book, dude, yeah, yeah, Todd's yeah. book, you read that? I, I haven't read it. Everybody recommends it. And I don't know how, when I interviewed him, I didn't think to read it. You know, I'll tell, I'll tell a story from that book. When, when yeah. You're done with so it. It, the, but anyway, the, the Daryl Scott conversation, I asked him that question about Hank. Cause I was just like, 
he was like 28 or something when he died. Something 20, like, yeah, 29. 29, I think. something yeah. crazy like 29 that. 29 years old, and and yeah, wrote wrote the songbook, but unbelievable. It's crazy. And I was just, and he he was Daryl kind of said, I'm paraphrasing him, but he kind of said like there was just something kind of cosmic going on. There was something kind of you can't really explain it. You mm-hmm. can't really explain how he was able to do all those things at that time, and and having all the demons that he had, and all that stuff, and still to be that prolific too, like. <laughs> He, he wrote a bunch of songs in his young life that are every damn one of them is classic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The weakest among them. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, it's frustrating. I think you <laughs> see, and I think you see certain artists with grace. I, I won't name any, I don't think, uh, but I do have some in mind that recognize that. And if they stay in their careers and some of them just walk away, which is also pretty sexy. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. Like uh-huh. I don't think I've got, I'm doing the thing anymore, but some of them too are like, well, I did that thing. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna try these other things or whatever, and they might not ever be as good as that. But I know that that came when that came because of where I was, what I was, who I was, whatever. And uh, I, I shall not tarnish that by re- even attempting to repeat it. Yeah, because it ain't there no more. Man, I don't know, man. That takes. I'm into that. That takes something else too. That takes it's brave. Yeah, it's it's really like hey, brave. I'm gonna stack up a catalog, and I'm gonna do my best. But I'm not gonna try to chase that thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not making that no more. Yeah. I kind of love that. So Can I tell that touch now. Yeah, I was gonna say what's it's what's pretty story, good. Yeah. I'm gonna butcher it, so y'all go read the book. But uh, uh, th- this has to be a great note to end on, and I love it. I'm <laughs> I'm always drawn to bold moves in art, even when they're uh, you know the you know cutting off the hand. To, whatever <laughs> cutting off the nose to spite the face mm-hmm. but todd had got signed to jimmy buffett's label and was also let's see so they had, they were working on the record i think they'd gotten masters back or mixes back or whatever and the record was about to come out and he was also on tour as direct support for buffett um so buffett was definitely like you know getting him fast-tracked or whatever yeah. and uh i don't know man i think i think buffett had some notes on some songs and uh i think unbeknownst to Todd, I think Buffett's like dad had also passed away. Uh, Perfect storm of, of this crazy shit. If y'all don't know Todd, like Todd, Todd's wild. And, um, he just wasn't trying to hear them notes. And Jimmy said something that got up in his ass or something. And he definitely walked out on stage in front of X number of thousand people. I don't know. And definitely opened with Margaritaville (laughs) opening for Jimmy Buffett. And he says in his book, he's like, it's a, it's a testament to Jimmy Buffett's character as, as a man that I was able to stay on the tour, uh, still got to put my record out, and, and I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I love it. Man, I love it. So I'm going to open with Lucero's song tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so Pleasure's much mine, for your man. performance last night. Pleasure's Thank you for mine. your performance at Americana Fest a couple of th- two and a half years ago now that led us to this spot right Thanks now. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for, yeah, I mean, you know, we wouldn't have made the connection if you hadn't posted something. So I'm glad we did. I'm glad to meet your dogs and, and see your partners. Uh, I hope she hears this. Uh, she is incredible. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't listen, but I'll, I'll play this part for her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if my wife has ever heard any of my <laughs> Past the millions of times of listening to mixes, I don't know if she ever actually Dude, listens. She hears me gushing about all these Americana artists all the time. She don't need to hear me yeah. on a, a recording well, we, of me doing the same thing I do in the kitchen. Maybe she's on, on the same team I am. We're out here to kill Americana. It's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's a perfect way to end it right there. To the last leaf fall. Till the bridge goes cold Till my beat is called Lord I'm on my own On my own On my own Justin Wells, y'all. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank all of you for listening. Justin Wells music.com for all things justin including some very cool merch and physical copies of his wonderful records not only are the songs great but the guy is so kind and beloved by fans and peers alike this was another situation where everyone involved with the guest was just the best shout out to adam lee for helping make this conversation happen check out his great records as well 
The song you're hearing in this episode is The Bridge off of the United States. I'm telling y'all, if you're not familiar with that record, get familiar. If you are, give it a spin right now. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Spoutable. We're on Spoutable now, which is pretty cool. If you're not familiar, it's like a Twitter alternative. So far, so good with that. And we're still on Twitter and very active there as well. So give us a follow on all those channels. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support the marinade, and we really appreciate that. If you really like what we're doing and can swing it, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. Uh, We have a brand new monthly show called What We're Getting Down On, which is a conversation between myself and my great friend Peter Haroldson. The first episode's available for free at patreon.com slash marinade podcast, and it's also in our normal marinade podcast feed wherever you listen to us. Episode two is now available exclusively on Patreon. We are having a blast making this show, y'all, and uh, check it out if you can swing it, what we're getting down on. Let us know what you think. Um, We're always trying to uh, improve and tweak the Patreon so that it's something that people find value in. We have our show Inner Child where I ask guests childlike questions such as favorite favorite food or tv show or just silly stuff you know the marinade can get a little heavy sometimes as this as this uh, particular episode displays um my inner child with dl rossi though it is not so heavy it's a lot more laid back and, and light-hearted and it's live on patreon we had an absolute blast i also have one up there with colin halliburton from the rose line patreon.com slash marinade podcast if you're interested and can swing it if you want to support the show financially but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription you can venmo or paypal us just at the marinade all the money goes right back into making the show Um, that means saving up to cover festivals for the most part we have been invited to so many cool events and we got to figure out how to pay for those things Um, this is going to shock you but being a teacher in florida doesn't necessarily provide me with the means to just up and go to a festival whenever I feel like it. So I'm thankful for everybody on the Patreon that helps to uh, to fund those things. But above all, we're just so thankful for each of you who listen and spread the word about the marinade, y'all. We have Sammy K coming up next week. I got to stop, talk with Sammy, and it was a hell of a conversation. He's an incredible songwriter and just a dear, sweet guy. Um, and then I've got another uh, very cool surprise coming up that I uh, put up on the Patreon, but I can't share here yet because it's not done. But another very cool surprise on the way. So we're we're at like a once a week clip. I've been trying to pour myself into this work, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's giving me. I was reflecting after that Sammy episode, and, and I said something about this on Instagram. The show, the marinade, just continues to give and give to me. It 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 has it has enhanced my life in so many ways. And I'm just incredibly thankful to all of y'all who listen to all of y'all who spread the word until next time, go out and create something. Cheers y'all.